Hey everybody, welcome to the GMB show. In this show, I'm really pleased to have the very lovely Mercedes Pullmeyer. Now, we actually um, kind of kind of interesting thing here. I was reading her book, and at the time, I didn't even realize uh, that she had mentioned you know me and GMB in the book. I was on an airplane. I was reading your book, and all of a sudden, at the beginning of the chapter, there's this quote in each chapter. You have these quotes, and I was like, wow, that looks real familiar, and realized it was a quote for me, and I kind of freaked out. I was pretty happy that someone uh, had actually uh, you know, knew about me, so it was pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I want to thank you for being here on the show. A little bit of background about Mercedes here. I'm just going to kind of read a bit of this. Uh, strength conditioning coach, right now based out of Seattle. Um, originally, we, we can get into that a little bit later, but via Colorado, via somewhere else. Um, right now, uh, working with, you specialize in performance programs specifically designed for climbers and outdoor alpinist, uh, alpinist, depending on where you come from. Uh, located in Seattle, you have a master's in human movement, and uh, pretty much she's awesome, everybody. And for today's show... We're going to be talking about a lot of fun stuff. So uh, thank you for being here with me, Mercedes. Uh, oh, little bit, a little bit of intro about yourself. Uh, let us know what's going on with you. Yeah. Um, well, I actually grew up in Australia being a tennis player. Um, that was That's pretty much my athletic background. Um, and I actually came over to the U.S. Um, when I was 17 on a full scholarship to play tennis. I was so thrilled as a teenager. Um, you know, but I left home and went and played college tennis for four years. Um, I actually went to University of Northern Iowa oh. um, and then transferred over to um, Metro State University in Denver for a few years. And that's actually where I started climbing. And um, when I graduated, um, I really wanted to give the semi-pro level in tennis, you know, a good go. Um, that's always been my my dream as a kid growing up. Um, so in doing so, like I actually was able to try out for the Olympics. Um, and, uh, I needed someone to essentially whip me into shape for like my strength training because I really didn't do a lot of that. And I realized I was quite weak in, in that aspect. And, um, the coach was actually based out of a climbing gym. His name's Dave Wall. Um, amazing guy. Um, and he actually got me into climbing more like I was climbing once in a while but it was like you know you should really work on your upper body strength you know you should probably boulder more um so bouldering is just it's a, another facet of climbing um you know this sport climbing and bouldering and trad climbing trad so climbing, yeah yeah so I I decided to try it and <clears throat> it actually I did really well um you know I was super strong um, I actually made it onto the team, the Olympic team. Um, but as a team, we actually didn't make it to uh, the Olympics, unfortunately. But it was it was an amazing experience for me to be to travel and do that. Um, but then after that, I decided that I would give up tennis because at that point I was being beat by like 16 year olds. <laughs> and you know, I was like 22, 23, you know, realizing, okay, you know, this is probably the end for me for my my professional career. So, um, 
decided to go into climbing and Dave, my coach, like he helped me through all of that. And he actually inspired me to become um, a strength coach and go to school and learn about movement. Um, so I'll be forever grateful for him. Um, and so, yeah, like pretty much that's where my story with climbing begins is in Denver with him. And um, yeah, I went and got my master's because I've, I am kind of like, I need to know as much as possible. Um, so going to school to do that <laughs> and le like learning just how to research, I think that was probably what I got out of that. Um, and yeah, so here I am coaching climbers. Um, I was a competitive climber for a while too and actually did decent at that for only climbing for a few years at the time. Yeah, so you competed at the, the national level really. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, it's always good to have that kind of experience get into not just you know the physical practice but the mental practice of everything and know what it's like to compete and help those yeah. high-level athletes and speaking of high-level athletes this is kind of get into some of the questions if you're cool with it um so for example you know working with outdoor uh you know athletes in particular climbing and things like that especially these high-level athletes you know, i really want to hear a little bit more about um that sort of training uh, for for example you know and of course it depends on each particular individual but really like to hear some of the main things that you like to focus on uh, when you're working with some of the high level climbers because you know obviously they want to improve their climbing but you know what are you looking at really um, as kind of a, a broad overview of where you want to take them in their training yeah, this is a tough question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for adults who they've been, you know, usually if they're high level climbers, they've been climbing for maybe five to eight years or so. Um, so they're actually highly skilled climbers. Like their techniques actually really good um, for, for the most part. Um, so what I look for is how they regulate themselves while they climb yeah, so that yeah. that's that's really what i look for and like they may be a little weak in certain positions um you know so we do tackle that but it, in terms of like it's it is more of like a mental training and how how relaxed the the climber can be um you know and setting up specific drills so that they're constantly working on like their breathing that's that's huge. Like holding, holding your breath when things become really, really difficult, you know, you, you lose oxygen and you end up just falling off, you know? So you have to continue, like learn how to continue to breathe when things get really difficult. Um, learning how to control your anxiety um, in high pressure situations, especially if you're a competitive climber, but also for if you're climbing something outside. So Climbers have these things called projects where mm. they aspire to climb something that is just a little bit beyond their their level. And when they approach that climb, they their anxiety tends to elevate. And so it's figuring out how to regulate that as well. Um, but I think the 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 most important thing, especially for competitive climbers, is how they read the sequence of moves. Um, and I think that's probably what I work on the most is sequencing and visualizing how you're going to move, um, with, with everything like your hands, your body, your feet, how your feet feel as they turn 
on a foothold, you know, it's like all these like micro little things. And um, I would say that that's probably the biggest thing that I work on with most of the climbers. You know, this is just so interesting that you, that you, your answer is this. It, it just so happens to be that uh, we have our Alpha Posse, which is our online community. And every month I do a special challenge for them where I create either a series of videos or we talk about something that we do over the length of a month, over the period of a month. This month is better awareness by learning more about your breathing and then taking it to the point where you're able to apply that to new movements that you're learning. And so this is exactly what we're talking about yeah. in these videos. And it just, it's so cool to hear you talk about this because this is, I'm just fascinated about this. And, and just like you said, it, you know, rock climbing is the same everywhere you go, whenever you're learning something new and you're going just beyond which you're very mm -hmm. comfortable with, you're going to brace down and hold your breath. So focusing on the breath and, you know, focusing on solving those problems, if you will, like, like you're talked about, it's just, yeah, it's so cool. Cause of course that's what we're all after. Right. And, you know, even high level athletes and maybe especially high level athletes when they get towards the competition arena, uh, whether it be, um, you know, against an opponent, whether it be in, in, a, in a bouldering competition or even just like what you said, when they're working on solving a new problem that they want to work on a new, a new line or something they want to accomplish, they're going to have that anxiety. So yeah. all comes back down to the breathing, right? The mental side of it. Excuse me. We'll get to that in just a minute, but you know, right now, well, actually, we just talk about it right now because climbing is such, you know, a, a not just a physical um, activity, but so mental. And for the reasons that you said, I mean, let's be honest. You know, bouldering, yeah, okay, it's at a height where it's still safe, where if you let go. But the thing is, is you're still up there, and it's pretty scary. And you know, looking at trad climbing, you know. Hey, if you if you have a big ripper and you come off that wall, you know, that's some pretty scary stuff right there. So as far as the mental aspect of it, what are some maybe some specific drills or things that you work with your with your athletes on in order to help them become uh, better mentally? And, and I do know that you work a lot with children as well. So maybe this is mm -hmm. something that you do with the kids, you know, because <laughs> I teach kids over here, too. And so I, I actually have a lot of things I do with the kids. Uh, but I'm really interested to hear uh, how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite drills, actually, it's um, I don't actually have a name for it. This, this is funny. I should probably I come up name with it. a name. name um, yeah, I got to name it. Um, <laughs> we essentially give the person or, or the kid like one minute to look at a new line. So if we're working inside of a gym, a lot of these people have seen the boulder problems because they're up. Um, but if I take them to a section of the gym and I say, okay, you're going to turn around and you're going to look at this route. And I'm going to give you one minute to look at every single route and visualize it. And then you're going to turn around and explain it back to me without wow. looking at it. Cool. Um, so this is a really great, it's like a, it's a memory game essentially. Yeah. Like it's yeah. memory. Um, and this, you know, like rehearsing it in your mind, like as you're looking at it and then rehearsing it when you're not looking at it, you know, it's like creating these motor patterns that you're already climbing it, you know, so it really helps, especially for competitive climbing that you're rehearsing before you even get on and try it. Um, and I think this is, this is one of my favorites. Um, 
that we, and there's different variations that we have done. We've had people draw, um, draw the sequence on pieces of paper, um, maybe mimic movement instead nice. of just explaining it. Um, so there, there's different ways of doing that. So that's, that's one of my favorites. That's absolutely wonderful. I remember back in my days as a competitive gymnast that my coach used to have us before competition, we'd lie down and close our eyes and we have to perform the routine in our head. And and I still have a habit of doing that. For example, when I was working on my one-arm handstands and when I'm working on new movements, right now I'm getting back into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So the movements that I'm doing, I'm trying to go through that before I do it to set myself up for success, if you will. And it sounds very similar to what you're doing. I love that. And uh, you got to put a name on that because uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, setting up those those good neural patterns to, to make sure that it's not just go do it, but you actually understand what needs to happen before uh, you do do it. And, and I think especially in rock climbing, this is – this is this is really cool because if you can solve that problem before you actually start in on it, well, half the battle is probably won right there. You know, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. of course, I'm not some big rock climber or anything like that, but <laughs> but I can see how this would be extremely beneficial, and especially yeah. with bouldering and, and you know having major, you know, uh, launches, you know, where you might have to do super reaches and things like that, and understanding maybe conserving energy for certain points or something or per, per certain um, places so that you can save that energy for some of the more difficult i don't even know what you would call it problems cruxes. that arise cruxes thank you yeah so i'm just assuming yeah. so yeah yeah for well for competition climbing it really comes down to uh the winner you know for the, the competition is usually the person who has attempted the boulder problems the least and got to the top you know so that's essentially a, like if they can do it the first time they go they get all of the points and then you know every attempt after that you know they get deducted points um and uh so like in bouldering and so there's bouldering and sport climbing and both have their own competitions and so for bouldering i'd say that um if you can figure out the the puzzle in that as fast as possible. Um, and then you have multiple attempts to try it. In sport climbing, you have to read everything. It's so much longer. So the you're probably previewing the the route at least for two minutes. And then then you only get one attempt because once you fall, that's it, you're done. You, you actually don't get another attempt. Um, so like these two are actually almost like two different sports. And how you train for them is actually also quite different. Yeah, that's to me. I just, it's just fascinating because I mean, what I'm teaching, for example, in GMB, even though there's not a particular problem, we still have these movement challenges that we're after. And and just listening to what you're saying, it's giving me some good ideas about how I can apply that for some <laughs> other things. It's, um, let's look at a little bit at a little at some of the uh, protocols, maybe. So. You know, there's just hundreds of different movements and things like that that you could use in order to become become a a better climber. But um, I do know that that you have just a few things that uh, that you prescribe, I guess. You know, uh, for the biggest bang for the buck. Could you mind letting us know a little bit about that in in terms of strength training and becoming more efficient yeah. at that? <clears throat> yeah. Um essentially like what I've learned from working with climbers and a lot of other outdoor athletes is that they haven't 
actually spent a lot of time strength training. And so I've really paired it back to like three very basic movements um, and that you can essentially build on um, as you get better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like it's the body weight squat, the push up and the back bend. Nice. You know, Um, so you don't need any equipment. And that's, I think, very important for doing things when you're traveling a lot of climbers and um, outdoor athletes tend to travel a lot. Um, so I really, I thought about this and um, how to create something for those people who have very minimal strength training backgrounds and being able to strength train in a safe way um, with minimal feedback from a coach. Like they can kind of work on this on their own, take video footage of themselves and be able to kind of self-correct um, with a little bit of guidance. Um, and I feel like those three, like there isn't any pulling, um, but pushing is so essential for climbers because they're so dominant in their lats and their shoulders are usually more forward and their chest is like kind of concave. So they, they really don't actually have like strong pec muscles. So um, <laughs> um, teaching them to, to be able to move in that direction as well. And it's just, you know, it's the opposite of what they do constantly. Um, no, but that makes sense. I mean, it really does because, and I think it's always funny. I remember Lynn Hill. She was one of my favorite climbers of all time, right? And I just yeah. remember, you know, she was one of the first ones. I mean, it was it El Cap, I guess. And she was going up there and, and she was like, yeah, you know, I'm really strong upper body, but thanks to my legs, you know, what's what gets me yes. up there. And, I, you know, and I'm always thinking back to the guys because let's just be honest, <laughs> like guys, when they first start bouldering or something, it's all... Yeah, uh, upper body, right? Instead of yeah. be, being able to use their body more efficiently, and so, but yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about everything coming in, and, and now I can see really why that back bend uh, mm-hmm. also is a big help for that. In your book, Simple Strength. You know, this is kind of the basis uh, of everything, or these three exercises. And I do know yeah. that you know you have a lot of different variations and things in there. But you know, let's look at like someone who's just kind of looking to be a better overall athlete and so mm-hmm. you know the goal really let's be honest is not to um not to get good at training or basically not to train to train more and yeah. so you know could you give us a little bit of an idea of how we can better use these three movements so that it doesn't so we don't get so focused on thinking that oh we should be training all the time instead of training yeah. for the things that we want to be able to do better if that makes sense what yeah, trying to say. yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, and that's how I go about the training protocols for most people is that you should be working on your skills for like 90% of the time and 10% of the time you're working on like <laughs> the training, the actual yeah, yeah. strength training part of yeah. it. Um, and that's really like the philosophy of like these three movements is that you um, you work on like your warm up, you work on it and you do several, like maybe 10 to 20 reps of the easy stuff. Um, and then you work on things that are a little bit more challenging. Um, so let's say that, you know, I can do my body weight squat pretty easily, but I find it challenging to do the pistol squat. And so I'm, I'm working on a few variations to work up to that, but I only, I keep everything very simple. Like I don't do a high amount of reps. Like there's no protocol that I'm trying to follow. It's just, let's work on these movements yeah. and then that's how I'm going to get stronger. Um, and you know, like, especially with outdoor athletes, we don't want to increase 
um, a lot of muscle mass. So it's keeping the strength to weight ratio, you know, yeah. like we want to be stronger and exactly. as light as possible. Exactly. Um, so reps don't really matter. It's more um, how well can you execute the movement? Um, and so, yeah, for, for climbers, like being able to do single leg squats, that's really, really important because they do these crazy movements where they're only on one foot, like on their toe and they, they're going to have to like almost jump out of that position in a pistol yeah. squat. Um, you know, and, and so being able to focus purely just on position and that movement, um, I think is super beneficial. Um, and it's, it doesn't, it takes, it's time away from climbing. You can work on these really great movements while you like, and you're resting your climbing muscles. Yeah. No, yeah. it makes sense, you know, and just to just to reiterate here, I mean, keep it simple. Uh, focus on strength rather than, uh, or focus on that strength by increasing the difficulty of the movement rather than just doing a gazillion regular push-ups, maybe work yeah. on one-arm push-up or something like that. Yeah. So focus on that strength, I love it. Quality of movement, same thing we talk about. <laughs> I got a question for you. Let's go into some of the uh, the questions for you uh, as a professional athlete yourself. What has changed for you over the years in your own training? Yeah, I um, I actually started off as more of a traditional um, like strength training athlete. Like I did a lot of snatches and cleans. Like that's just how they trained us in college, and so that was like really my first. Um, that was the introduction to strength training mm -hmm. as a, for cross training. Um, and so that's kind of just how I thought it was like high repetition. Like we're following this very rigid program, um, and like the periodization and all of that, you know, and, um, and actually becoming a strength and conditioning coach, you, you learn that protocol. Sure. Um, and that was probably, that was one of my first certifications. Um, but then as I actually got older, um, like that was great. Like, I think I built a pretty decent, like base of strength doing that. And I learned some really cool moves. Um, but honestly, like now, like having a full-time job, trying to train, um, <laughs> having a, a family life, um, you know, like for me now, like it is all about quality of movement. Like I, I don't even have, like, if I can like train for like 45 minutes, even just half an hour, like every day. So it's like short, but f like high frequency. And that's how I've been able to keep my body pretty healthy through all of this, even though, um, you know, in the past I've had, like, I've trained too much, I've overtrained. Um, and I think I've learned a lot from that. And I just don't have time for that anymore either. Sure. So I've, I've been able to keep a pretty high level of strength, even though it's been really short and but high frequency. Um, so that's really what I've learned and that you don't need to overdo it. Just do just enough, but really pay attention to what you're doing. Um, nice awareness yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you and I are so similar in the fact that we run businesses and, you know, we still coach and, and we still train and yeah. we still want to be able to do this kind of stuff. So it's really cool, really cool to hear that, uh, that way of training for you is working for you. So, uh, another question, uh, what advice would you give yourself? If you could go back a few years as your own coach, <laughs> I would say to have some patience. Um, <laughs> you know, as a climber, I I really, I mean, I, I got pretty good very fast, and that might not be 
the correct thing at the time. I actually ended up getting a lot of finger injuries because like you learn that, okay, muscles develop faster than tendons. Yep. And uh, you know, like, <laughs> like, yes, I got really good, but then I got injured a lot. So, oh, okay. um, and that was also just part of the learning process. And now I try to, to tell my clients like, you know, please like, don't worry, you're going to get better as long as you stay consistent and you don't need to climb for four or five hours a day. You just, you know, <gasps> what, what? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hear that all the time too. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, that's probably what I would, I, you know, tell yourself. If, if about I was that, my own yeah. coach, yeah, I'd be like, just take your time, be consistent, um, and it'll come, and you're gonna, you're gonna see all of the improvement that you want. Yeah. All right. Final advice for our listeners who maybe want to get into climbing, or maybe just get a little better at climbing. Yeah, I think if you have a climbing gym, this is the best best place to try it. Um, uh, like obviously, being outside is where where you want to be when you're climbing. But inside, you know, if it's your first time going, um, climbing is it's such an abstract sport that you may feel lost. Um, you know, like what does it all mean? I think just <laughs> having someone maybe at the gym just like show you a couple things and just go have fun. Like it, you don't have to follow any of the rules of like, you have to have your hand here and here, just go on and just like try a couple moves and it's like no big deal. And no one is ever judging you in the climbing gym. Um, I feel like I get that. Like I hear that a lot from um, some beginners who were like, oh, the gym is so crowded. Um, I feel like I don't want to climb because people are watching me. And well, they're watching you, but they're not judging you. They're like, cool, that person is doing something really amazing and they're trying really hard. That's so great. Um, and you actually have people who cheer you on in the gym um, because they want you to get better. Um, and that's one thing I love about this sport is that the community is so supportive. Um, so yeah, like don't be intimidated. Like, and yeah, just throw yourself at it. I love it. This is so cool. Well, I want to say thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk with me. Uh, where can we find more information on you and everything you're doing? Yeah. Um, so actually, my website is betaathletics.com, B-E-T-A, athletics.com. Um, and I'm actually changing my uh, my company name. So it'll soon be Modus athletica m-o-d-u-s um but that's going to change here pretty very soon actually um uh yeah and i have a book simple strength if you guys ever want to read that and i'm in the book (laughs) yes ryan had to say that i was so excited i'm sorry i was just like (laughs) several times we are going to post the links uh everyone where you can find out more about Mercedes and the cool stuff that she's doing. Uh, great advice at the end there. Don't worry. People don't aren't judging. Have fun. Keep doing it. Have patience. Go climbing. Thanks again, Mercedes. Such Thanks a pleasure. Lot. Yeah, thank you. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io. And be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.